Well, we're back. It's episode four of Inside CHSL. Jeremy Otto alongside Brennan Johnson here. Happy New Year. A late Merry Christmas. How was your New Year and Christmas? Well, happy 2020. <laughs> Great to be back. And new it was it was nice and relaxing, to be honest. And, uh, you know, that is, that's fantastic to me. It's, uh, it's a good time with family and, and just able to relax and, and catch up on sleep and it was it was good. How about yours? No, it was, it was really good. I mean, it always goes quick. It's it mm-hmm. seems like, but it uh, it was relaxing and it was good. And you know, something we kind of talked about off air here as well is it's nice to see all the teams, you know, in, around the Catholic League and around the state as well, kind of take a break for for Christmas. It may drive coaches nuts a little bit that they have that big gap between mm-hmm. games, but it really is a time for for family, and it's nice to see you know even the athletics take a, a sidestep for a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Again, it's just putting that value on on family time and uh, and focusing on sometimes maybe the more important things. But um, you know, no doubt about that. Now it's good to be back, and the team's getting back in action. And you know, some teams played a little bit over the break. Maybe they had one or two games, but. Um, in a case of DLSL, you know, obviously where I coach at, the sub varsity levels had a couple of home games. Uh, it was just a little holiday tournament, but varsity hasn't played since before the Christmas break. So, um, you know, outside of some practice, you know, they had a lot of time off and time to be with family. So, it's a good thing, and it's exciting now to be back in action, no doubt. Well, everybody knows about their New Year's resolution of subscribing to Inside mm-hmm. CHSL, right? I mean, you've done it, I've done it. Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, you can follow us on Twitter at Inside underscore CHSL. Again, that's at Inside underscore CHSL. And we want to you know, encourage all the athletic directors and coaches as well to submit your scores to CHSL.com, the Catholic High School League, because that helps us as well. I mean, we get to talk about these things because mm-hmm. we see these scores online. We can't make it to every event and game, but uh, that certainly helps us. Following, subscribing helps us, and that's your New Year's resolution, right? Amen. You know it. <laughs> well, let's dive right into it. J&B's top highlights, the first of 2020. What do we have? Well, we're going to start with some Catholic Central Wrestling, a team that you know is ranked nationally in the top five, and we know how tremendous that program is, and it's something we've talked about uh, leading up to the holiday break as well with some of the early season success they had. One of their big events is the CC Invite, and convincingly Catholic Central able to win that event and, and just continuing to showcase that they will likely win another state title here in the state of Michigan in 2020, and they just are that good. I mean, you look at it, Steve Kolchev, a, a name that's familiar from football, he won the, the 285-pound. Brendan Yatuma, another football player, won in overtime 3-1. to one. Manuel Rojas, another man who took a, a big event as well for CC Wrestling, but Davison second, Brighton third. I mean, you look at it night in and night out, or day in and day out, whatever you want to say, the, this CC team, no matter what they're challenged with, I mean, mm-hmm. you even had some out-of-staters in, in, in this, some talented programs come up, and you know they, they're just answering the bell. Absolutely. Again, it just shows how dominant that program is. And it's it's one thing to build success, sustaining success is a difficult thing to do. And I think a lot of people think, oh, the challenge is building it. Then once you have it, you can just sustain it when you keep doing the same thing and you have a program. But year in and year out, to have kids come through, and and that's a four-year commitment when you're at CC to continue to develop and be successful in that sport. And for a lot of schools, wrestling is is an extra. 
it's an off-season sport for football, or maybe it's an off-season sport for lacrosse. But at CC, I mean, wrestling is the sport. You know, it, it, the kids transition, they play football, and they're a wrestler. They don't wrestle for football. They are a wrestler. And, and it just shows in the level they perform at against teams of high and low magnitude. Well, now we're going to dive right into basketball because there's a bunch of basketball stories. And, and we're not just favoring basketball at this point. This is really the big story at this time, just how the, the schedule folds. And you know, we'll get to some of the other sports as the weeks go on. But starting with Crystal Ray, this is an intriguing story. 5-0 and to start the year. This is a team that's never won a first-round Catholic League playoff game. This is a school that deals with, not deals with, but you know, it's, it's something they do in, in terms of students working a full day once a week. So sometimes they don't practice every day or every day they want to. So this you know, is a hardworking group. It's a group that's, that's fun to watch. And when you look at it, it wins over Detroit University Prep, Cabrini, Warren Michigan Collegiate, Monroe Jefferson, and then Cleveland St. Martin de Porres. This is going to be a, a fun team to watch, Brendan. Yeah, no doubt about that. And again, they've beaten some good teams as well. They're playing competitive games. It's not a fluff schedule early. So, you know, as they continue to get into that league play and you start to see them play Lakes, Everest, Liggett, you know, how will they perform on a nightly basis? Oh, we'll find out. But so far, strong early season success uh, for Crystal Ray. And they're a team that's going to be one to watch for as you, you go into 2020. When you go into the new year undefeated, you bring that momentum. It'll be exciting to see what they are able to put forward. And you talk about another team that's going to be exciting to watch. And we've talked about this before in the pod, Orchard Lake St. Mary's. Mm-hmm. They take number one rank in the state from the Detroit News and the Detroit Free Press. Um, Several other rankings have St. Mary's number one or in the top three. This team is loaded. Division one talent throughout the starting lineup. Uh, You know, they are going to be a very tough team to beat. Grand Blank gave them a really good game. That was one of the games that was played over the holiday break. Um, It was in one of those holiday tournaments. St. Mary's beat Grand Blank 69-66. Grand Blank at the time ranked number four, five, depending what poll you're looking at. Of course, St. Mary's um, number one. What a tremendous game it was, and it just shows how good St. Mary's is. But I guess it shows that they can be played with. They're not infallible, but, man, they are just really, really talented. And, of course, led by the senior Wisconsin commit Lauren Bowman. And I think the interesting thing to watch with this now, I mean, you can come in as a really good team and you can know that coming into the season, but it's different to be ranked number one by two outlets. I mean, the the Mm -hmm. top two paper outlets in the Detroit area, that's something they really haven't faced. I mean, they've been ranked over the last couple of years as the program has kind of been built up a little bit by Todd Covert again. But when you look at it, as you enter into this this Catholic League slate now, you're going to be playing some games where the gyms are packed. You're going to be playing in some environments where it's not necessarily easy to play. There's some smaller gyms in the Catholic League. De La Salle and Brother Rice come to mind where it's packed, it's hot in there, it's clammy. And there's some you know bigger gyms like Catholic Central and UD that, that's going to pack it in uh, with, with the student crowd. So not saying that that's going to trip them up, but I'm also not saying that they're going to cruise, you know, into the Catholic League slate. It's it's not very many teams cruise to the Catholic League. Even U of D at their best was given a good run for their money several times during league play. So St. Mary's could absolutely go undefeated through the league, 
but cruising through just doesn't happen in the Central Division. And Lauren Bowman acting like Mr. Basketball right now, 21 points per game, eight rebounds. That's another one where, you know, how does he respond to the mm-hmm. spotlight? He's responded and then some. He's a strong physical guard who can shoot the ball. He can get to the rim. He's got plenty of options. You know, they're able to play him off the wing. Um, as they've got Rozier, the, I think he's a sophomore point guard that, that's just very talented for them. So, you know, amongst other talents as well. But when you're able to have an elite level point guard and now you can be off the wing creating plays, getting specific looks for jump shots and um, creating driving lanes and things like that, you could do some special things. He's quite a talent. He's going to do good things for St. Mary's this year. And just one more note, Todd Cover kind of saying after the game is quoted in the paper saying, yeah, we, we kind of grew up in in that uh, Grand Blake game. We were playing okay, but uh, really like how they played during adversity. And adversity is going to be a thing, as we kind of uh, talked about there as, as the slate started here. When you're that good, you're going to get people's best shot. That's why the league is going to be so hard to cruise through. And again, they may find a way to go undefeated through it. They are that talented. But everybody you play, you're going to get their best shot. UAD knows what that's like because they got that for the last really seven years. When you went to play U of D, you were going to give them your best shot, especially when you were on your home floor. So St. Mary's has got to be ready for that, that this will be the game of the Catholic League slate, especially when they go on the road. Yeah, we'll talk about them a little bit more in our Things to Watch as well, a little bit later in our Inside CHSL podcast. More basketball. It's a big matchup between Shrine and Bishop Foley and boys basketball. Shrine coming up with the big victory there. Well, you know, you don't want to, I don't want to, you know, ruffle any feathers, but Shrine now has wins over Bishop Foley in both girls and boys basketball so far this year. You can <laughs> see you can see the rivalry, and it's fun, right? It's it's two schools, and uh, it, it's just Shrine able to go out pick up a big win over Bishop Foley. I believe the Foley boys are three and two on the year so far, and obviously Shrine showing that hey, this is a talented team, one that was pretty good last year. Um, and I'm pretty sure competed in the Catholic League. They they might have won the Catholic League last year. So um, the, a talented group, Bishop Foley, another talented group, but Shrine really taking the edge in that rivalry early in this basketball season. Rounding out our top highlights from the previous week, sticking with Bishop Foley, we're taking a flip, though, to girls basketball. Mm-hmm. This is a, a team that picked up a big win over our Lady of the Lakes in league play, a 13.5340 victory for Bishop Foley. And that's a girls basketball team who lost in double overtime to Shrine, but a lot of promise, a lot of young talent on that team, and they seem to be getting better every night. Well, that's the impressive part, too, that you key on the, the young team and you, you perform in a big game like that. You never know how a young team is going to perform in uh, a rivalry, a, a game against a top program like our Lady of the Lakes, but they certainly answered the bell and somebody that really did. Melanie Moore, 21-17. and 17. Just the, the young sophomore center, all Catholic last year, so she's somebody to look out for, you know, not only in the Catholic League, but the state in terms of uh, you know some of your better players. No doubt about that, especially if you have underclassmen or non-seniors contributing like Bishop Foley has, it shows that, hey, you're going to be competitive this year and there's a lot of promise going forward, which just adds to that momentum and good vibe of developing and getting better as the season goes on. 
Now time to transition to our history segment. Always good to come back to this in the new year. Our first since 1926 of 2020. Here's Steve Wendrock. This moment in Catholic League history honors a member of the 1977 Catholic High School League Hall of Fame class, Coach Sue Krzyzewski-Hardy. A member of the first class of inductees to the Catholic League Hall of Fame, Hardy was a dominant basketball coach at both the high school and collegiate levels, coaching locally at Dominican High School, the University of Detroit, and Oakland University. Hardy coached girls basketball at Dominican High School in Detroit, where she led the Ravens to a total of 306 wins and back-to-back Class A state championships in 1973 and 1974. In 1973, Dominican took the state title by defeating Grand Rapids Christian 70-43. The following year, the Ravens overcame a seven-point deficit with just over three minutes to go in the state title game to beat Farmington Our Lady of Mercy 59-58, capturing their second straight state championship. In 1977, Hardy was named the first women's basketball coach at the University of Detroit, now U of D Mercy, where she was recruited by then-athletic director Dick Vitale. In addition to her success on the hardwood, she also helped establish the softball and cheerleading programs at University of Detroit. In three seasons as coach of the Titans, Hardy guided the basketball team to an impressive 70 wins and only 15 losses. Following her career at U of D, Hardy went on to coach basketball at the University of Washington, before coming back to Michigan to coach at Oakland University, and she later became the alumni director at Mercy College. Hardy was inducted into the Catholic High School League Hall of Fame in 1977 and was inducted into the University of Detroit Mercy Hall of Fame in 2017. And that is your moment in Catholic League history since 1926. Now we welcome you back inside Inside CHSL. Joined now by Bishop Foley Athletic Director Brian Hassler. And Brian, thanks so much for joining us in studio today. All of our guests have joined us remote to this point here on Inside CHSL. But Brian, you're the first in-studio guest, so thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, Thank you for having me. I'm just glad to get out of the office for a few minutes and uh, step away from the computer and all the emails. Well, talk about maybe... You know, it's a new year for Bishop Foley, new year for everybody, but it's been successful so far for Bishop Foley Athletics, a successful football season, successful fall sports in general. Now into the winter seasons, just talk about how things are going over in Madison Heights. Uh, yeah, it's pretty exciting so far. Um, basketball has kicked off. Um, girls basketball last night has been uh, strong so far this season. Uh, younger team, but they had a nice win last night against uh, Our Lady of the Lakes Uh 53-40. Um, some of our younger players, uh, sophomore center, uh, had 21 points. Uh, freshman guard, uh, Alyssa San Martino, had nine. Um, we have another young guard, uh, Abby Pacinos, who's having a strong campaign so far. So it's, uh, it's exciting to have success uh, currently, but knowing that uh, in the future we're going to be uh, looking good as well. Um, boys basketball, is uh, they're 3-2 uh, and two on the season, had a tough uh, loss to our rival. Uh, I won't say who that is, but uh, had a tough loss to them at home the other day. But we're back at it tonight against Cranbrook, and in that division, it's you know anybody can win at any night. So, um, and again, we're still a younger team too. We got three freshmen on varsity um, that are getting minutes. Uh, one of our big uh, tight ends from the football season uh, dinged up his ankle early, but he's starting to get back in the rotation. So uh, it's fun, and uh, you know they're doing the right thing, and 
having fun at, at it. For sure. Well, you talk about boys basketball, and we could stick on that for a minute. You guys have a big event coming up, and it's the MLK Showcase on January 18th and 19th featuring your boys basketball team and I believe several others. How about you just tell us a little bit about that event upcoming? Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, our coach, uh, Matt Stefani, uh, spearheaded this. Um, we have eight games over two days. Um, three Catholic League schools will be playing on Saturday. Um, Loyola, Hamtramck is going to be a big game. Uh, just checking today, you know, Loyola 7-0, and um, playing a tough schedule. Hamtramck, who lost to De La Salle early in the year by three points. Uh, that's going to be a very competitive game. Uh, Crystal Ray plays Parkway Christian, and then we have a team coming in from uh, Illinois, uh, Evergreen Park, uh, where our coach uh, used to coach at as a an assistant there. So kind of a friendly uh, rivalry for them to come up and play each other. And it's going to be exciting because I think we're going to have the opportunity to get some college coaches in because there's some um, good talent uh, that's going to be in the gym. So it gives all of these kids that are playing, you know, an opportunity to get a look at by, you know, some college coaches and even just coaches in general can kind of see, you know, when it comes down to postseason awards and playing other teams that they might not normally play. Sure. And that's pretty unique to be able to play, especially a team from out of state and for several of those teams to play different opponents they don't often see. That should make for a pretty exciting event. And it seems like there's some pretty good anticipation for that event coming up as well. Uh, yeah, I think uh, we're trying to build it up as much as we can. Uh, it's going to be, like I said, you're going to get four good games on Saturday, uh, four good games on Sunday. It's $10 admission for both days. We'll get you into all the games. Um, like I said, we have some non-Catholic League schools that are going to be playing, uh, like Saline. Um, they bring some top talent, Lincoln Park, Troy Athens, um, and then combine that with you know the, the Catholic League presence. It's going to be a good... Uh, chance to kind of see a wide variety of uh, schools and uh, competitors. Sure. And then later in the month, your basketball program is going to be a part of something called Hoops for Hope. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, on uh, January 28th, uh, we're going to do a cancer awareness event. It's our second annual. Um, it's kind of spirit. It's actually spearheaded by one of our student athletes who's in our Catholic Athletes for Christ program, uh, Kayla Moore. Uh, she's on our basketball team. Um, last year, we were able to raise almost $2,000 for St. Baldrick's Foundation for Pediatric uh, Cancer, and we're looking to do the same again. We're bringing in uh, JV and varsity boys will play at 4.30 and 6 against Cardinal Mooney, and then uh, the varsity girls will play uh, at 7.30 against Our Lady of Lakes, which should be a pretty big game. Could be a first place uh, in the intersectional uh, on the line on that one. And then, again, I know with uh, Coach McAndrews runs a great program up Cardinal Mooney, so that's always going to be competitive. And it's you know it's three communities that get to come together and kind of honor uh, people in their lives that have been you know have battled cancer, have gone through that, and you know it's just a one of the kind of the great things about the Catholic League is that community and is that faith that we can bring to help um, help people through you know difficult times. Sure. Well, you mentioned Catholic Athletes for Christ, and maybe for those that are not familiar, what can you tell us about that organization and then Bishop Foley's affiliation with them? Well, about f I took over as athletic director five years ago and had gone down to Cincinnati for a uh, conference through Sports Leader, which is another um, faith kind of formation program, which focused more on coaches. Um, as a smaller school, 
we don't have a lot of coaches in the building. Um, so I wanted something that was more student driven and, and looking around, I found Catholic Athletes for Christ, which is uh, based out of New Jersey. Uh, the founder is Ray McKenna, does a phenomenal job. Uh, it's at all levels, professional, um, college and high school. So we basically, we became a chapter. They send us lessons uh, that we get to go over. Um, I made it more of a kind of a servant leadership opportunity for the kids. You know, one of the things that rings true with me is uh, in Pope Francis's Joy for the Gospel, he talks about that there's an urgent need for the young to exercise greater leadership. And I think what I tell the kids is that this is your opportunity. It's not my club. It's not my chapter. It's what you guys want to make of it. And we've had some great times. Um, they, they meet every two weeks, you know, bagels and donuts gets a lot of kids to come in. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've grown from 20 kids my first year to over 80 um, wow. athletes, which is about 30% of our athletic population in the school that participate. And we, and we do some great things. We get out, we read to uh, Catholic grade schools in the area. We, we call it uh, fall in love with reading. We do that in the fall. We get back in March's reading month. Uh, this year, we volunteered with St. Aloysius, um, feeding the homeless down there. Uh, we do special Olympic events. And then, and then some of the, the kids get to come up with their own kind of creative ideas. And one of them is that Hoops for Hope event. It's tremendous. It really is. And you talk about enhancing just that full experience for a student athlete at Bishop Foley. And it's, it's an added value, if you will. It's something that separates your guys' program from other programs of local public schools and maybe even some in the Catholic League. It's a great opportunity for those kids to learn that servant leadership. Yeah, I agree. You know, one of the things that I often tell the kids is, first and foremost, that you're blessed. Your parents, grandparents, guardians made a choice to send you to a Catholic school to get that Catholic education. So you're blessed. Um, but you're also safe. You're in a safe environment where you get to practice your faith. You get to, you know, share your faith amongst your classmates. And that creates a, a bond, as you guys both know, as, as being, you know, Catholic educated graduates. Um, it's a bond that is, it's, it's unbreakable. Mm-hmm. But I also tell them that, I go, we've failed you if you don't have the tools to go out and share your faith once you step outside of these doors. And, you know, once they graduate from high school, you know, going off to college is a, is a, you know, is a different um, a journey you journey know, for and them. Um, and then, then they're going to be on their own. So right. we just got to give them the tools. And that's what I'm hoping. It's a small part of it, but I hope that's something that we're accomplishing. Absolutely. You know, another thing I'd like to transition to is going back to football, which we talked a little bit about earlier. And Coach Barnes, he's done a real nice job really building your football program. You guys are going to make a move to the intersectional one next year with some reformatting of the Catholic League playoff structure and whatnot. Uh, but overall, that's a big step for your football program to take. Yeah, I mean, when we brought Coach Barnes in, uh, so this will be his fourth year uh, coming up. You know, we had 30-some kids. The numbers were declining. Um, he's able to um, turn that around. We're up to almost 50 kids in the program. He's in the building, which helps a ton. Um, and he's just a high-character guy. Um, you know, one of his slogans is, you know, water in the bamboo. And it's something that is it's not done overnight, you know, it's, but it's something that's take takes time and it, you know, you got to talk about showing that you care. I go, one of the, you know, one of the biggest things that he does in our school is we call it fist bump Friday. Every Friday he's at the door fist bumping every kid that walks in that school, whether you're an athlete or not. Um, and, and that's why I think one of the, 
more important things off the field is that our student section, because of that, has grown immensely. Mm-hmm. And, you know, every year, you know, our marketing comes in and they talk about, you know, what are the top five things that ki- the graduates, you know, experience here. And one of the things is it's Friday Night Lights. You know, it, it, it's a great experience that goes along with um, everything that we're doing in the schools. And it's, it's nice to have a, a coach that is building a program up and doing it the right way. Great sense of community, no doubt about that. Um, I guess the last thing I'd like to touch on is you guys do a tremendous job with your athletic marketing and the different graphics that go online and the publicity that surrounds your program. Talk about the value that adds to what your student athletes do on a daily and, I guess, nightly basis when they take the field or the court. Yeah, I think it's just, you know, engaging um, your community. It's another way, you know, we, we, there's multiple ways to do it. We went through a company called Box Out Sports mm-hmm. um, as a smaller school um, where it's just most likely me doing most of the work. It saves me a ton of time and it's easy and it's, and it's kind of funny because the moment you don't do it is when the parents are going to be like, hey, you didn't give me that score. You didn't do this. Um, so it, it's kind of a, Kind of a a two-headed beast sometimes, but again, it's about promoting our student-athletes, and that's one of the things when I talk to the parents, you know, at the beginning of the year is that we want to promote our student-athletes, we want to promote our former student-athletes, and, you know, even if it's something as simple, one of the things I started this year is like a happy birthday Mm shout-out, try to get our kids involved and um, show that, again, it's just another opportunity that, that... as a small school, as a big school, as a Catholic school, we care for these kids now and, you know, 10 years down the road. No doubt. Well, Brian, thanks so much again for your time today. Best of luck to Bishop Foley Athletics in the new year and throughout the rest of this athletic season. A lot of promise over in Madison Heights. And Jeremy, really nice of Brian to join us here in studio today. Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. As I mentioned, all of our guests have been calling via remote. Yeah. And to have Brian come in studio and join us, that's pretty nice. Yeah, it's always good to, to have the face-to-face. And for any guests we have in the future, if you want to come down, we certainly encourage you. You don't have to, but uh, it, it's something that's always nice to you know shake hands the rumor and, and is, say hello. The rumor is you get a picture with Jeremy Otto, oh. print it on the spot. Jeremy signs it for you. Throw you away. <laughs> you know, the frames are available in the gift shop for $15. So Those are expensive frames. <laughs> No, you don't. Picture with Brendan, picture with uh, Ron Pangborn, our producer, maybe would, would be a, worth a little bit more. But uh. I, That frame's 25. <laughs> now time for our things to watch this week. Some more basketball we want to cover here because Central Division play is starting in boys basketball. Well, Friday night, January 10th, the Central Division play begins, Jeremy, as you mentioned, and two exciting matchups. U of D Catholic Central being the one and U of D doing their traditional fill the bowl. And that's an environment that it's, it's, I don't even know how to describe, but playing in that environment is very difficult to do. Because, of course, if you've been to U of D Jesuits gym, they have the lower and the upper bowl. And what they do is they fill students all through that lower bowl. And so the student section's massive. They're loud. They're very into the game. They're very energetic. They're right on top of the floor. And it is a difficult environment to play in as an opponent. So for U of D to do that to open Catholic League play, 
man, that should be an exciting way to do it Friday night. Talking about this recording today, we're doing it on Tuesday to, as opposed to Wednesday. Big so they, secret. They have a, <laughs> they have a game tonight versus Grand Blank, which uh, will be a big one for them. But you know, if they can come out with that one, that would obviously be a tempo setter for the season. But when you talk about starting Catholic League play and trying to kick off a season that maybe hasn't been as good of a start as you would have liked in terms of record wise, even though it's it's not mm-hmm. horrible. You've played some tough teams, lost to seven to Edison over the break, but. It could be one of those tempo setters if you're able to, you know, get on top of Catholic Central and kind of run with it uh, at that point, or even just feel good about, you know, playing in front of a huge home crowd. Building that momentum, starting Catholic League play with a win would be huge for U of D. The same can be said for Catholic Central. Mm-hmm. Imagine going on the road sure. to a fill the bowl environment and coming out of there with a win over U of D. U of D has been the premier team of the league the last seven years. So to go in that environment and to find a way to win that game, for Coach Sanawi, that would be huge for his team and the success that they can have over the course of this season. So maybe bigger for U of D, given it's a home game, and if you lose in that type of environment, might be a further step back. Um, But for CC, to go in there, you need to find a way to compete first and foremost. And if you can win in that environment on the road to begin Catholic League play, that's a big, big step for that program, which makes it pretty exciting you know, for really both teams going into that matchup. Another team that we haven't talked about a whole lot so far on Inside CHSL, but they're off to a really good start, is Brother Rice. I mean, they've played some tough competition. They're, they're going to play, obviously, some tough competition mm-hmm. in league play as always, but this is a Brother Rice team. I think we may have said this. This might be their best team in 10 years or oh, more. I mean, no doubt. I look back to, you know, when I was maybe a freshman or sophomore in high school and I remember how competitive the, the Central Division was. It really hasn't been to that level until now. I mean, mm-hmm. with every team up and down, uh, you know, having a chance to win. So I think that should be a, a really intriguing game, not only for, you know, early standings implications, but just seeing what Brother Rice has. They, again, you said it. This is the most talented Brother Rice team. Uh, that that the Warriors have seen in a long time. This is this is a very talented group. There's some freshmen on the roster. The big question is going to be how do they handle Catholic League play? Mm-hmm. Seeing them play some non-Catholic League games, and I've seen them play. They they push the tempo. They're physical. Uh, they can score the ball. Man, they can score the ball. But Will they be able to score in that volume in Catholic League play on the road uh, against some teams that just play physical, call it Catholic League defense, mm-hmm. right? That's going to be a big challenge for them. But Coach Palmer's got a great group, a lot of young talent, brings back some experience. So they're an exciting team, and he should have success with them in the Catholic League. You know, and Brother Rice has gone several years of not making the Catholic League playoff and whatnot. I expect that to change this year um, with the group that they have. I mean, they're a team that they could go out and find a way to maybe split with St. Mary's. Do they split with De La Salle? Do they sweep maybe De La Salle or St. Mary's? I, I don't know if they will, but they have a chance to make a run and make a run in the Catholic League playoffs as well. They are the dark horse. St. Mary's is the the favorite. And then... I would say De La Salle and Brother Rice are kind of that tier for the next best team in the league. And that's just a simple fact of because U of D, even though they have a lot of young talent, they're still young and inexperienced. And you're seeing that early in the year. 
But Brother Rice, they have a nice balance of experience and youth. They have a nice balance of athleticism and size and strength and great guard play. And when you have great guard play, you can win at the high school level, period. Guard play, really at every level of basketball today, guard play makes the difference. Brother Rice has great guard play. They're going to be able to compete every single night because of it, period. And you talk about De La Salle, the flip side, which makes Friday such an intriguing matchup, the strength of De La Salle is the guard play. It ain't the post play. There ain't a lot of post players, period. The guard play is what's going to put them in a position to be successful. Um, with you know Joe Jonai being a senior leading the way for them, a Joe Jonai uh, versus John Brantley matchup is going to be pretty exciting to watch on Friday night. Uh, but then it will really come down to which guards play better, the Brother Rice guards or the De La Salle guards. And it's at De La Salle, which is a tough gym to play in, and you could argue that U of D's is the toughest gym to play in. You could argue that St. Mary's maybe has the toughest gym to play in. But I really think there's a good consensus that De La Salle may be the toughest gym to play in just because you are so right on top of the action when you're in those stands. So for Rice to come in and what should be a nice crowd Friday at De La Salle, it should make it an intriguing game, no doubt. Yeah, something to to revisit next week, and we have some other really big games on the boys' slate uh, next week that we want to talk about as well. So that's that's something we'll get to, and, and something that uh, you can look forward to next week as well. We want to remind you to subscribe and comment and rate us, and if you have ideas, we want to hear them as well. I mean, you can tweet at our handles or at inside underscore chsl. Again, that's at inside underscore chsl. Maybe somebody had a big performance. Maybe somebody broke a milestone. Maybe somebody's close to breaking a milestone that we should talk about. Maybe we you hear just it. want that autographed picture with Jeremy. No, <laughs> you don't. <laughs> but one way or another, I agree. <laughs> At inside underscore CHSL, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love the interaction. Um, and, of course, you could subscribe and leave comments and you know rate the podcast and let us know your thoughts. We'd love to hear from you. And at the end of the day, it, it, it's all about the student athletes, and it's about telling their story, mm-hmm. the story of these teams, the story of these students. And, uh, you know, we're going to do the best job we can with that. But every bit of information we can get to share that story, we'll gladly take. Yep. Google Play, Spotify, iTunes. Again, our Twitter at inside underscore CHSL. Remember to submit those scores for CHSL.com as well. Well, we want to thank. Everybody involved with making this podcast happen again, and already our fourth episode, believe that or not. Uh, the Archdiocese of the Detroit Communications Department, Ron Pangborn, one of our producers, Alex Westfall, uh, as well Steve Wedrock of uh, you know for providing the history weekend and we out, and my broadcast partner Brendan Johnson. We will see you next week for episode five. Have a great week, everybody. 